0: restaurants unstoppable episode eight hundred
1: and five with joe
0: fontana
1: we're in the people business we're not we just happen to sell chicken and and from every aspect as far as like us taking care of our uh, team um taking care of the guests that come in you know we are in the people business
0: are you ready for it factors success stories failures in bombs of restaurant industry knowledge. Then, join Eric Cacciatori in and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Bento Box. And it feels so right to have Bento Box as a sponsor because I remember, uh, beyond five years ago, when I was researching my guests and finding people to have on the show, I remember there was a correlation between successful restaurants and Bento Box websites. And it just feels so appropriate to have them here sponsoring the show today. But Bento Box is way more than just websites. They're also online ordering and marketing. And you should know that Bento Box has new packages designed with the needs of new restaurants in mind. You can get everything you need to start marketing before you even open and succeed from day one. Current Bento Box customers have seen an average of 70% more website traffic, seven times more conversions, and five times their average ROI. Schedule a demo at getbento.com slash unstoppable and receive three months free. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, and it feels so right to have Bento Box as a sponsor because I remember uh, beyond five years ago when I was researching my guests and finding people to have on the show, I remember there was a correlation between successful restaurants and Bento Box websites, and it just feels so appropriate to have them here sponsoring the show today. But Bento Box is way more than just websites. They're also online ordering and marketing. And you should know that Bento Box has new packages designed with the needs of new restaurants in mind. You can get everything you need to start marketing before you even open and succeed from day one. Current Bento Box customers have seen an average of 70% more website traffic, seven times more conversions, and five times their average ROI. Schedule a demo at getbento.comslash unstoppable and receive three months free. Streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab sink and surface cleaner sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit Ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. What's crack a lack and unstoppables today we're talking to a special guest, but before I let you know what's going on, I got to remind you that this podcast needs your help and you can do so much to help this podcast. First and foremost, if there's a sponsor, check them out. I really bet my sponsors and if you use my links, you can even save some money. So go use our sponsors and give them some love. Anytime a tool or service is recommended on the show, same thing, use our links that really supports the show because sometimes I can earn a commission and again, I can save you money. So usually head over to whatever, you know, restaurant unstoppable.com slash the episode number and find the links in the show notes and then share this podcast with all the restaurant professionals, you know, who want this industry to grow and get better. If it's going to happen, it's going to be by way of us sharing information and supporting one of another, and uh, we can support each other with this podcast. Share it. Please, please, please share it. And then lastly, join Restaurant Unstoppable Network. That's where my most loyal listeners are hanging out, and where I'm really pulling back the layers and all these things that our guests are telling us, and we're learning together. We're, we're getting these people who are being referred to us to teach us in real time, and I want you to be a part of it. That's restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com. Today, we are talking to a good friend, and I I feel like I can say that now. He was an acquaintance, but now he's a good friend, Joey Fontana. My man, Joe Fontana, is the founder of Fry the Coop, and Joe, this is actually his third time on the show. Check out episode 425 and 715 if you want to get caught up, but... Joe first came on my radar. He was a part of my very first restaurant, Unstoppable Mastermind, which, believe it or not, was like five or four years ago. And it's amazing because when I first met Joe, he was starting a concept called Meatball Republic. That business plan, that concept didn't work out, but something totally amazing did. Fry the coop, and he brought the concept Fry the coop to Chicago. Uh, in four years, or a little less, or right, right around four years, he is he's opened a total of six. They had to close one because of the pandemic, uh, but he's having great success, and he's leveraging the lessons learned from Restaurant unstoppable podcast and all the other things he's he you know went to to go learn. But uh, it's just been amazing to be able to watch his his journey from conception to execution. And I just couldn't be more proud of him. And uh, this is actually our third recording, but our first time doing it in person, my first time ever meeting Joe in person. And it was just a special, special time. So here it is. Uh, this is just like a free flowing conversation between two friends about what's new. We even talk a little bit about the future of Restaurant Unstoppable. And he gives me some you know peer mentoring and what I should do. So interesting stuff. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is with excitement allow me to welcome back on the show for a third time not only a past guest but a friend Woo-woo! joe fontana founder of fry the coop chicago illinois yeah How you doing, Tim, man? feeling
1: great and welcome to chicago <laughs>
0: yeah man uh we have been friends now for what seven years yeah i think At something least. like I think that we're going on seven years yeah this is the first time i've got to meet you in person uh, it's, my, uh,
1: it's exciting dude. My wife thought we went to high school together. Really? She was like, she was like, yeah, your friend Eric from high school. I'm <laughs> like, no, he grew up in New Hampshire. She's like, what? <laughs> my friend from <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's cool how the internet just can like bring people together if no matter where uh, yeah. you are. So this is like I said, this is your third time on the show. If you guys are interested in getting caught up. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 425 and slash 715. Those are the previous two interviews. And what, what is unique about you is I literally have got to see you grow from concept, a wholly different concept, yeah, to new concept, to now six locations. Yep. And that all happened in the past six years basically yep. past seven, yeah past seventy six six years which is incredible uh, i can't wait to kind of pick up the conversation where we left off but let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra are you gonna stick with the the, the classic no no i got you, you something new up? for you oh, oh yeah. yeah go
1: for it all right so you ready for this one yeah all right if you want to prosper for a year grow a plant Ooh. if you want to prosper for 10 years grow a tree okay but if you want to prosper for 100 years Grow people. Ooh, I was gonna, I was gonna. Be, he's gonna say, "Grow a forest."
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, so I think that's a really great quote for today. Where did that quote come from?
1: You know, that's a good question. I don't know. I heard it somewhere, and I was like, "Oh my god, that makes so much sense!" Like, yeah. I get it. You know, it just hit me and I was like, that's it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So Joe and I are like in full transparency shooting from the hip today. Uh, I know whenever I get with Joe, we have really great conversations. So this is going to be like, I just picked up the phone and I calling Joe, I'm checking in on Joe. Um, And then we we actually talked a little bit and I said, Joe, what do you want to talk about? So you said to me, I want to talk about changing, not changing the culture, but basically pivoting your brand, almost a focus on growth. Yep. Specifically growing people hundred percent. Not to be a spoiler alert or anything like that. <laughs> I your thunder.
1: No, 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 not at all. Well, to give everyone a little place and time, we're in Chicago. Yeah. We're at the Fry the Coop on Chicago Avenue in the city. Yeah. We're in the neighborhood called West Town. This is your the, third location? This was our third, yeah. yeah. And this is, uh, um, we're on the corner of Chicago Avenue and Ashland. It's a beautiful neighborhood. It is. My grandparents actually grew up in this neighborhood. Both sets of my grandparents grew up here. Yeah. That's cool. And there's a church literally behind the building. And my grandma and grandpa got married in 1959 on the stairs of this church. Oh, man. um, Which was really, really cool. And I have all the pictures on the wall of uh, my family when they grew up in the neighborhood. And I have that picture of uh, my grandma when she was uh, walking on those stairs. That's crazy. In 1959. Man. Talk
0: about like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost not nostalgia, but just like sentimental. right? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And I, dude, speaking of your space, uh, you're you're starting to point out some of the decor. I love what you you did with the place. Uh, I gotta know. How did you get so many antiques in such a short period of time? I was well,
1: wondering. we cheated a little bit. Is but there a store out there? What Eric's talking about is we have uh, like old antique kitchen utensils covering the walls. We have a lot of pictures, um, a lot of old beer cans, neons. So when we went to Nashville like for a little trip, yeah. one of the things we noticed is all the dive bars in Nashville, they're all lit up by neons, a lot of cowboy hats, a lot of guitars on the wall. So we were trying to bring a little bit of that Nashville hot chicken love to Chicago, um, but we found a company who—it's really cool. It's a family company. The dad goes around all over the the U.S. He gets all these like old antiques, brings them back to their warehouse. They have seventy-two thousand square feet of antiques, and a lot a lot of it they use for props for like movie sets, okay. uh, TV shows, plays, things like that, Broadway stuff. Um, But then they also decorate restaurants. It's one of their things. So we get to go there, pick through all these antiques. We create a giant pile and then they come and put them on the walls.
0: That's awesome. It's What's really the name cool. of this company? Give it's them called a
1: little... uh, Zap Props Zap, Chicago. Z-A-P?
0: Z-A-P, yep. Zap Props out of Chicago. Yeah. We're already we dropping recommendations. <laughs> I love it, dude. No, that's, this is great. That's I game. love the space. For the people
1: who know Portillo's, which Portillo's is like a deep Chicago brand, okay. they decorate all the Portillo's. Okay. And you'll see each Portillo's has like a different vibe to it. When you walk in, it all comes from there. They actually have a room called the Portillo's room, which is really cool. I may have stolen a couple things. Sorry, Dick Portillo, <laughs> out of the Portillo's room.
0: So the last time we were talking, I, I want to say the focus was on kind of scale. Like that's what where you're at. Yeah, uh, you went from one location to I think. At one point, were you at six locations? Six is the most you've
1: ever had. Yes. You closed one. We had to close one in the loop, which is the very downtown. That was the second location that you ever opened, right? Uh, No, that was our fourth location that we opened. Yeah, it only lasted a year. We were serving 300 people a day there just for lunch. It was just a lunch spot. And once COVID hit, it was in the financial district of Chicago. And so, you know, we went down to serving like six people a day. Yeah. So it really quickly. When we
0: first. uh, well, the second time, the first episode was like three or four years. I want to say two years ago, maybe. It was 425. And then last year we had you, it was May. So right off the heels of COVID-19, uh, three months into COVID-19 approximately, yep. right? Or two months into COVID-19. We didn't really know when things were going to be lifted. We were hopeful. Uh, you guys, we talked a little bit about how you pivoted, uh, how you're doing store, like you, you converted your space to be uh, pickup only, right? Yeah. We talked a lot about that, but what else happened
1: i mean you mentioned he, this is, was you didn't close the, the the fourth vocation at this point did you no we ended up closing in september so it wasn't until like uh six months after that five months after okay. that and then we was uh, we got forced to close it wasn't an option they actually terminated our lease because um there there was no business i mean yeah. literally it was the we were in a food hall and the food yeah. hall ended up closing it's crazy to think,
0: even like september of last year is like, like, like eight months ago right i know so like what, what How did you guys evolve during this time um, that isn't just necessary, maybe in response to COVID-19, but not necessarily, um, you know, s- things that are, were in response to COVID-19 that aren't going anywhere. The, the things that you picked up from COVID-19 that you implemented in your business that are here to stay. Like, how did you evolve during this time?
1: You know, I mean, to me, really, the, the it, w- it wasn't really, I mean, I hate, the whole idea of how things changed, because that's like the opposite of hospitality to me. You know, when someone's wearing a mask, you can't see them smile. You can't see their expression. Are they sad? Are they happy? You know, and like, really, I feel like to be really hospitable, you have to react to those reactions. You know, someone coming in on their birthday or did they just leave a funeral and they're here having a drink after, you know. So it's like hard to feel that, you know. Um, so I, we're doing our best to just go back to how things were, you know, we're trying to hold on to like, Hey, how can we get back to caring for people? You know, like I want to hug people. I want to kiss people on the cheek. I want to had a a big old hug. Yeah. Uh, so what,
0: I guess, what is, I lost my train of thought. You started talking about hugs. It got me excited. (laughs) Uh, so I guess like from uh, the original question is what changed about your business that's here to stay, and it sounds like I didn't pick up on any. Yeah, specific. there really, okay. there really
1: is. I mean, we we switched to the takeout like you were talking about, but we uh, I think I kind of told you we had uh, removed our front doors at the yeah. restaurants and we installed takeout windows, and so we put up big uh, like uh, easy ups balloons. We had cones, giant signs pointing saying takeout window. Um, you know, we always say if you confuse, you lose, which yeah. is a story brand, um, you know, ideology, but we were trying to take away that confusion. We wanted people to come in, get their food, get out really quickly. Um, you know, so that it was, uh, it was more of like a convenience thing and trying to like, how can we make it so easy for someone to come get food and leave, not feel unsafe, not feel any like negative, you know, no confusion, you know, that kind of thing. But we're we got rid of that. We opened up the, um, you know, we, we replaced the takeout windows. The doors are back in place. And uh, we're letting people back in the restaurant now. I love it.
0: So you were a huge proponent of of uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash and all these third-party platforms. I remember, in the way you looked at it, your your whole out- outlook is these are marketing outlets for us. And, yep. and
1: um, do you still feel the same way? I do. You know, and I it's like a necessary evil if you think about it like that. Uh, the problem, though, right now is that Uber like lost two thousand employees during this whole thing. So where it used to be, where Uber Eats was so fast, I mean, literally, you put an order, we had a driver there within yeah. minutes. You yeah. know, they were waiting on the order to get done, and our food takes you know very quickly to whip out. So um, now we've kind of started to see like this lag where there's a lack of drivers, um, which is unfortunate because. Now it takes longer to get you know food out to customers. Yeah, which is the first a the
0: first location was 2017. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep,
1: that's correct. So we're f- four years into this now. Yeah, right? we're actually three and a half years into our uh, yeah business. We'll be four years. And come from
0: up. our previous conversations, one of the things that you did that was a huge success for you was you you invested in a publicist early on, mm-hmm. uh, and you had lines around the block, like you said, uh, wrapped around the building. Uh, is that honeymoon stage over? Is it, is it getting to the point now where things are like the, the hype is as strong as it was or like, how do you maintain, I guess is what I'm saying out of that initial, like we got all this media, you had all these people coming through because yeah. they want to try. You're the new, the new kid in town uh, lines around the corner. Uh,
1: what has it been like to try to maintain that? So, uh, and that's a very good question. Yeah. I think, We've always tried to be classic and try to have this like, you know, not be trendy, try to have this like classic idea. And I feel like when something's classic or vintage, you know, it almost never goes out of style in a way. Yeah. So, um, we still have our publicist on board. That's uh it's like a you know, we look at it, Rebecca, yeah. Yeah. It's like a marathon. Yeah. From Betty Bomb PR. But uh it's a marathon. You know, we're gonna do PR always. And I think it's just constantly being relevant, you know it's hard too. We do the same thing. we don't have specials, you know we don't we don't really do anything like outside the box. we don't have like yeah daily things going on, um, so we do the same thing every day, but our goal is to be consistent at that same thing, be the best at the same thing we do um, so it makes it, it makes it hard for a publicist to promote. You know, yeah. when you're just doing the same thing every day. I mean, oh, this is
0: something we've talked about in the past, too, but also the the power of having a really focused, tight menu. So you, if you are doing just a few things really well, like it makes it easier to do those things well. Yeah. Being distracted. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what are you do? So you're doing a lot of the same things. Your focus is doing this one thing, Nashville fried chicken, the best in Chicago, best in the world,
1: right? Sandwiches. Sandwiches. We do. Sam- that's our fried main thing.
0: We're- so... Um, how has your marketing or your your PR, like, how have you evolved your approach to getting the word out there? So, how does how has the, the message changed?
1: Um, I think the message has stayed consistent. Um, however, you know, now we're kind of focusing uh, half of our efforts on the business side of things. Like, I was, um, uh, wh- what is it called? The notable entrepreneur for Cranes Magazine. Nice. Um, which Cranes is like a big one. Yeah. That was uh, about a year and a half ago. But I think like we're kind of focusing on because I you know me and you were super into the business side of restaurants yeah. and the industry, and you know we could talk for days about this stuff, so I think we're starting to kind of promote um, the business a little bit more towards like that um, publicity um, and not so much like chef driven stuff because at first you know a lot of like the TV news you know they want to see chef owner yeah, I'm not a chef, you yeah. know I'll cook you a great meal at home I think the chef has has
0: no offense to the chefs listening to this. Like they, that time is kind of – it's still relevant, but the wave isn't what it used to be. And I think that what's sexy now is entrepreneurism, technology, innovation. Uh, sure. And you can take those practices into the back of house as well. But I think that there's kind of like this like – to, to, I think what you're alluding to is that the, there's almost like this next wave of the new sexy is the the businessman, the entrepreneur. Um,
1: they're both sexy. They're both
0: sexy. <laughs> but there's like, but we're, you know, but there's, I think there is opportunity there to like share what you're doing, like the business side of things, right? The what and the why.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And I hope like my goal is that our culture and the idea of growing people and really making our purpose around that is gonna help inspire other people to do that yeah. too. And I'm not, I'm not the only one. I'm not the first one. No, to do you're this, not. But <laughs> and I'm so
0: I'm so excited that you're going in this direction. When you said this to me, I lit up on the inside. And that's always kind of been the vision that I've had is like if if I ever wanted to open a restaurant, my my job would be building growing people, right? And that yeah. and like I think I might have said that in the past. Um But you're so aligned with that mentality. And I think that, like, we are, people like to say, we're not in the food business, we're in the experience business. Yeah. And I would say, even further, we're not in the experience business. We're in the, like you said, growing people business, that's how you started this episode. It's all about creating opportunities for others. So, this has kind of been the big pivot for you in the past year is like, you said to yourself, like, what was your message before this year?
1: Well, it was kind of that we wanted to deliver happiness. So, it was always kind of about, like, the guest and like, you know, our purpose is delivering happiness. And it still is. We really, yeah. you know, I'm like, it's a selfish thing in a way, because I like get off on making people happy. You know, like it brings joy to me. The customer
0: service is so good that it's borderline creepy. Is that the quote?
1: <laughs> that is the quote. <laughs> that was my favorite. Um but I think that um um like we redefined and kind of like put it in a little more perspective. Because if you're growing a company or you're Growing just to make money—it's kind of like soulless, you know. It's got no like real purpose to it, you know, because money is almost like a means to an end, you know. Yeah, it's money like, is security. It's security. It's that but thing it's,
0: that we all need to, you know, pay the bills to to put that stuff aside, like the most basic human needs to rest, so we can focus on like growth. For right? sure, but I think that your, you're, you're, like you said, your original mission was delivering happiness. Your new mission is. Growing our people. Growing your people. Because
1: I will, and I I transitioned myself too. That's delivering happiness, brother. Oh, it is. No, no, for sure. So they do align. Yeah. I'm just not in the restaurants the day to day anymore. And so I feel like we're, we're kind of now in the stage where we have to care for our people. Our people need to deliver the happiness. Yeah, if that I, makes sense.
0: Yeah, I want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to kind of unpackage this and what this will look like going into the future. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box. Bento Box delivers a restaurant online marketing and commerce platform to help restaurants succeed by giving them back control of their presence, profits, and experience. Bento Box helps new restaurants get started with websites, online ordering, and marketing. You probably already knew about the websites. I mean, every leading tour out there seems like they're using Bento Box, and that's because their brand building websites are designed exclusively for the needs of a restaurant. Bento Box builds it for you, and then they give you control to update things as you need, like menus, hours, and homepage alerts. Beyond awesome websites, you're also getting ordering. Open new revenue channels with online ordering, online catering, and e-commerce so you can sell things like gift cards and merch. And in a in addition, you're also getting marketing tools. Bento Box makes it easy to stay connected to your diners with pre-built, automated email campaigns, built-in SEO, loyalty rewards programs, and more. All of this included with every Bento Box subscription. You should also know that Bento Box has brand new packages designed with the needs of new restaurants in mind. Get everything you need to get started marketing before you even open and succeed from day one. Current BentoBox customers have seen an average of 70% more website traffic, seven times more conversions, and five times their average ROI. Schedule a demo at getbento.com slash unstoppable and receive three months free. We're back, and um, I really want to break this down because like you said that you, before your focus was delivering happiness. Now you're about growing people. But really, I think that's how you deliver happiness to your most important guest, your inner guest, right? Mm-hmm. Your your uh, your team. Because if you're, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I, and this is your time to shine. So as I'm saying that, what's what's going through your mind?
1: So like, kind of what we were just talking about. Like we're in the people business. We're not. We just happen to sell chicken. You know. That's kind of, and and from every aspect, as far as like us taking care of our uh, team. Um, taking care of the guests that come in, you know, we are in the people business. So we started to really think about like, personally, I want to grow, you know, I want to level up, I want to get to the next you know, stage and I want to keep growing along that journey. And a big part of that for me was like a light bulb moment that went off that I realized that progress is really where happiness lies. You know, like you can have goals and you can hit milestones. Those are great and all. And you need to have goals to hit And whatnot but once you get there there's like a moment of joy and happiness but then that moment goes away right so like I could think when we got the green light to fund fry the coop I was on cloud nine I was in California I was in California and that was like okay like do we have like a green light where I'm gonna get some cash to like open up this restaurant and I, I remember I had the windows down I'm in California it was like beautiful day palm trees I was like, music blasting. I was so happy, right? Next day, that feeling is kind of gone. Right? Yeah, because you're in Chicago and it's 30 degrees <laughs> yeah. and windy. And but snowy. my point is, though, I realized <laughs> that like you have to keep climbing your mountain. And then along the way, you hit those milestones, you celebrate, but then you set the bar higher and you find that next goal to kind of keep working towards. And in that progress, that's where happiness lies. I
0: agree. Um, but it's weird because like, listening to you talk – and I, I do agree, but it's kind of – I feel like the world we live in is like such a double-edged sword, right? Because when you think of growth, I think a lot of people what comes to their mind is more like fiscal growth or fiscal stability. Oh, sure. And I a think, part of it. And I think um, that's absolutely, absolutely important because people need those things to feel secure and get security in their life, right? Yeah. Like fiscal responsibility should be one of your core values because it gives you the ability to give your, your people security. Right. And yeah. like, beyond that, I mean, but it's the fuel to the, you know, it's the blood to your, your body. It's the fuel, the fuel to your car. You yep. need it. Right. Um, but at the same time, when I hear that, like one of the, the one of the realizations I had is that you'll never have enough
1: you know so like <laughs> progress
0: is happiness but it's like it's like a, that instant like a uh, what's it, dopamine or what it was it dopamine that when you get when you get the cookie yeah oh yeah is there something else i can't remember there's a few no, different no, chemicals. dopamine, yeah, dopamine yeah, for yeah sure so you're getting that like that surge of chemical like oh this is the good good and then like you said the next day it's gone and i think that what are your thoughts about this idea of like just like humans being insatiable uh as far as growth goes what do you what's uh what's insatiable mean so <laughs> I need to, um, basically, like they'll never they'll never get enough.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah, and that's what just, I'm kind of talking about. Where word? you, <laughs> you might have. I also what's the word I'm a for? Reading and writing level of like a third grader. So insatiable. I'm gonna look it up now. Good thing I have the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> but like the word that I, that comes to mind is hope. Like I feel like when you have something that you can hope for and that you can work towards, that's like where you have this like idea that like you. You'll never get enough because there's always that next level to get to. And if you have that like, okay, I'm hoping to get to that stage. Like right now, we're at five restaurants. Our, our next goal is to get to 10 restaurants Yeah. for right now. So like I'm hoping to get to that level. We're at 10. When we're at 10, then the goal is to get to 20. Then 20, you know, and we're going to keep moving that bar up. Yeah. Um, but that idea is that like I have something to hope for. I have something to work towards. And and not just me, but, like, our crew, too. You know, like, they they want to know, like, hey, like, there's going to be an opportunity for me where I can grow and I can, you know, there's going to be this, like, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, but, like, as I was saying, you know, you always keep moving that thing up. So, you, you never get... You never fulfill it because there's always that next yeah. level.
0: Um, so you you said something, um, and it reminded me of a quote of one of my professors, David Mazur. I'm giving you a quote, buddy. Uh, that the, I think something along the lines of I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, um, a leader is nothing but like a, a dealer of hope.
1: Oh, that, that's for well,
0: sure. Is, do you know the quote I'm talking? No, about? No, I or, don't. Yeah, but, but like. But exactly, if that's what a leader does, we provide hope. We say, this is, this is where we're going. Are you coming with me? It's going to be better once we get there. Yeah, 100%. You're, you're, you're creating that hope. And I think, you know, so what are you doing in your organization to excite people about this pivot, about this, this new purpose of being existing to create opportunity for your employees?
1: Well, like, for example, we have someone who started off as a dishwasher, making $10 an hour, you know, work their butt off. Three months, four months later, they were in the kitchen doing prep. Then they worked their way up to lead prep. Then they worked their way up, and now they were prep manager. They were prep manager for, you know, kitchen manager for a year, year and a half. Then they worked their way up to, like, uh, shift manager or assistant manager. Um, And now, you know, they're working their way up, this person I'm speaking of, to store leader. After store leader, there's district leader. Then, you know, there's like, so in in title and in different, you know, positions, there's ways to kind of move up. So you have that, like, hey, I'm making more money, you know, I'm like, you know, along the way. And none of this stuff happens overnight, by the way. It takes tons of hard work, tons of dedication, tons of focus. um, But, you know, you just keep leveling up, you know, and you keep doing it slowly, and then it happens. And, you know, financially, you were saying, like, for sure, that's a huge part of it. You know, you want to make more money. You want to be more secure, but that's just a part of it. You know, you want to know that you're cared about by the people you work for. You want to know that you're taken care of. You want to be proud of your title and your position. You know, you want to have these things that like, you know, make you want to move up. And we tell our team all the time, like, listen, we're going to the moon and back. And like, do you want to come with us? And if you want to come with us, like we have a career for you here. And so I think that's like one way of, uh, of positioning it as the career piece, um, then the other thing that we're thinking about, and this is something that we are in the very beginning stages of, but it's creating a win win situation for our team where they can keep growing up that ladder to maybe one day where they own their own fry the coop and we're a partner with them, yeah. And then maybe like because we thought about you know, we get approached for franchising all the time, um, it was almost silly like when we opened up like two months later, people were like, are you going to franchise? I'm like, I don't have a dishwasher for Tuesday. What are you talking about? Franchise. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, and still we don't want a franchise. I don't want to give our brand to somebody, um, some stranger, you know, but if there's someone who starts the dishwasher and they grow in our company, like that's the guy I want to franchise to. And that person could become a millionaire one day. Yeah. Like no education, you know, no, no college education. Um, you know, they started out, you know, basically at the bottom and then now they might one day own four or five restaurants themselves and be crushing it yeah, you know what man. i mean so like we want to kind of create those opportunities to where this is more than just like you know a job this is going to be a career that's going to you know pay them so
0: what's the conversation look like on day 1 when somebody comes in your doors and they say hey, like i'm i'm here for a job do they know what's on the horizon? Do they have these, these? Are you are you laying this out in front of them that if you come to work here, like you could own your own? Like maybe not. Maybe you're not sharing that yet because that's part <laughs> of the vision. Yeah. But like, there's room for growth. Like, we don't want to just hire you for a line, per, like we want you to be more than just a line, whatever the term you use here, but like a, a line employee. Um, what does that conversation look like to give them that hope?
1: You know, we don't. Do that uh, from the beginning currently because, yeah. you know, we have a lot of people who start and then, you know, a week later they just peace out on us. You know, you have somebody who comes into the kitchen and then all of a sudden they ghost us and they, you know, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, but we do have a quarterly meeting at each store where we bring the whole team together and I'm starting to put that into the conversation. Okay. You know, before I was trying to kind of tell, um, so in London they have a culture to wear or in England where if you want to go to another job you can put in a 3 month notice. It's pretty common where you would go to your boss and you say, "Hey, I got another job. I'm going to give you a 3 month notice." And they celebrate the fact that you're moving to the next, yeah. lo- you know, and the that's next what it chapter. Be about. Yeah. It should be about yeah. that. And then they, they literally will throw a party for that person that goes on to do the next thing. Well, in America, it's the opposite. Nobody wants to tell their boss they're leaving for a new job. If you tell your boss, then like you feel like you're going to be shunned. Yeah. You know, so a lot of my You know, conversation with them was always like, "Hey, like, if you're only with us for a season or two seasons or whatever, and you want you're you know going to be a photographer or you have goals to like whatever it is, climb your own mountain. Like, we're going to here to support you on and off the field. So, if you want to be a photographer or whatever your your dreams are, like, we want to support you in those dreams. Um, So, I was always kind of preaching that to our to our team, but now I'm starting to because we have the opportunity that we're growing and we need leaders. I'm starting to pitch this whole like. Well, I think hey, it's both. You know, career. It, oh, it yeah, is. It's it like, is 100%. Like, if this isn't for you, that's fine. I get it. Not everybody
0: wants to, to be the the Nashville fried chicken sandwich king of Chicago. I get that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like I think that you should also give them the outlet that if this is what you want to do, there's room for you. Oh, no matter for sure. the, So like you, you want to open up that as a possibility. Did you by any chance no. to check out the episode I did with Nick Cirillo on framing? Uh, for tangible growth? We
1: no, could. but I uh, need to go back and listen. I was actually trying to get a hold of Nick Cerillo. I can to introduce
0: you. He's down the street.
1: You yeah, know that, yeah, right? oh yeah, he's Nick's right pizza. down the street. We should go for
0: pizza tonight. <laughs> um, so I had him on the show, and Rudy Mick is actually behind that that school of thought. Yep. Um, and it's this idea of when you hire people from day one, not maybe not the, the, from like the day you're, you're interviewing them, but as soon as they're hired and they're on the team, there is a path for growth. So they come to you and say, "Hey Joe, I want to race." And you say, "Okay. Here's what you got to do." And there's a step-by-step process of courses, lectures, you know, like tests, tests yeah. All these things uh slice pr- of the practical like practicals where you you demonstrate that you are efficient in the the job you get timed. Things like this where you can literally chart your own path or you can grow at your own pace, whatever you want. You can tackle it and get a $5 raise in three months if you want, you know? Um, and like, but like, and that sounds like that's the path that you're on is like that you're, you've gotten to the point now where you want to start building these tangible paths of growth, of vertical growth within your
1: business. Yep. So what's, what's your plan to tackle that? So I, I actually, we were talking about bringing Nick in because we want to kind of mimic that, uh, that ideology we're like the ball's in your court like you want to raise great earn it you know yeah. here you go here's the path to do that um but i think uh with us it's kind of like just keep pushing the team to you know want more and you know like be hungry for it and work for it and uh work hard for it and they're seeing i mean it's been tons of changes uh no one stays in the same position for that long here at our company so it's like we're constantly moving people up and i think people see that you know, and they're like, hey, oh, wow, that person was just working alongside me. Now they're my boss. Yeah. You know, like, I want that, too. You yeah. know, I, want, I think I'm ready to step up, you know. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, the other thing that has kind of come up a few times in today's conversation, but like indirectly is the power of vision when it comes to hope. Yeah. Right? Because you're, as the leader, you're, you, gotta, you have a vision
1: for this place yep. and what it looks like five years from now your does your team know what it looks like and we're, we we actually just sat down to define that yeah which has been nice finally uh, after we got our uh, fifth store open in march we've actually got to take some time to be like okay let's take a step back and let's start like kind of diving into the nitty-gritty of that and we're starting this whole training program and a part of that is um you know kind of what you're talking about is letting the team know what the vision is what the mission is and uh, we sat down this was one month ago to really define it. We've always kind of had it, but I think defining it and right now, our vision is we want to be the number one employee in fast casual, and we want to be the go to spot for chicken sandwiches in Chicago.
0: Okay, I love that um so when you sh- when you shared this vision, how did the energy change? Was there a change could you was it, was it
1: Could you pick up on it? Well I think. You know, between us, we call ourselves a support team. And that's like uh, the executive, you know, people who don't work in the restaurants who we kind of like support all the restaurants. So our support team, it was kind of like, okay, now we have it defined and we know what we're going for. You know, like it was kind of like, okay, it is clear. And it was we all knew it in a way like you could feel it. But I think defining it really goes such a long way because now, like it's 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 down there and it's on, you know. And we also put a timestamp on it. We put our timestamp at twenty twenty five, which is in four years from now. So in four years from now, we'll sit down again and we'll redefine our vision and redefine our mission, you know, and kind of like get that, um, you know. And I and we're starting to also uh, work on vocabulary. We want to all talk the same language. Yes. So we had, yesterday we had we a
0: conversation had, about that the last time I was with you.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's important. Yeah. And we, we had a vocab uh, meeting yesterday where we're starting to kind of um, get all this language together. So at this store, at all our other stores, we're all talking the same language. I want to get
0: into that and why that's so important. Um, but to wrap up this idea of a vision, right? Vision is, will stoke hope for you sure. Know? And like people need to know where you're taking them for them to have hope. And it's not enough to tell them during the orientation. You have to remind them what the vision is. This is where we're going. Like you got to make it a part of your vocabulary, your language, right? Which yeah. kind of leads into the, the next thing is um, once you have this vision of where you're going, you can't just leave it there, right? Like what's like you, you, you're going to forget where you're going, right? You're going to yeah. constantly <laughs> bring it back to the surface. Um, so that kind of leads us into what you're talking about is language. So how what? What's your strategy
1: for using language to reinforce vision? So um, I guess once you kind of have everyone kind of speaking the same way, it kind of all aligns into that one vision, right? Like um, one of the phrases that I wanted to put in was uh, the only easy day was yesterday. That's a Marine kind of thing. But well, we do pre-shift every day. So our managers, they gather everybody right before we start lunch. And then right before uh, after shift change, when we do dinner, they um, bring the team together. So like, it's nice to start talking about things in a way that like, kind of flow the same way. And yeah. I think like, when everyone kind of sees like, oh, like, this is hard work. Like, I'm here to hustle. And like, yeah, today's not going to be easy because the only easy day was yesterday. So like, it's hard work. And you got to hustle. And I feel like those little tidbits in the language help, you know, the overall picture of the vision and the mission and where we're going. Yeah, I can't tell if we
0: have an audience or if they're reading the menu. I
1: think they're reading the menu. Come Uh, back and see us.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. I I love that. Um, I got totally distracted by that. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. That was funny.
1: No, so really what I was talking about was that, you know, All the language that you speak, you know, how the the leaders in the company and in the stores, our store leaders, how they talk to our team and the words that they say, it needs to align with the vision and the mission. And I think when we're all talking the same language... And we're all using the same quotes, the same, you know. Was this
0: inspired by Mario Del Perro? I'm
1: I'm just curious. No, it's inspired kind of by uh, Danny Meyer, actually, because he kind of took that, like, these little quotes that he would repeat over and over and over again. Yeah. And they start to get into people's minds. Well, you look at, and
0: this, I think we talked about this a little bit in our our previous interviews, but it's worth bringing back to the the conversation. Uh, When I interviewed Mario Del Perro, he said that every culture across the world whether it's Italian, Russian, Chinese, Australian, South Africa, whatever, wherever you are, mm-hmm. um, has its own language, right? And every business has a culture and you have to think about that business having its own language. So it's like those little things like that, that, that help you identify rituals. The other big thing too, Oh, sure. so you can use language, which is like our words, right? Like every organization has their own set of words. And also, um, the ritual, which is like repeating things, like things that happen
1: at the same time every day, to reinforce the vision. Do you guys have rituals? We do not really have a ton of rituals. One of them, though, that I really wanted to implement was that we we have a um, a new employee starts with a trainer t shirt, and they wear this ugly blue, bright blue. St- stands out and it says training on the back yeah. it's already they wear it for 20 shifts you know which is about a month yeah before they actually get like a uniform package but i was thinking that it'd be really cool to once they get that uniform package when they're like they made the team we bring them in the walk-in cooler and we do um you know like when the knight is oh, knighted yeah. and they you know have the sword on each side of their shoulder like so i was thinking that'd be really cool like once oh you're gonna use a spoon or a- <laughs> yeah use a spoon or <laughs> use uh Maybe uh, one of those fryer uh, scoops, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you bring them in the walking cooler. The whole team can join. You know, they get down in a knee and it's like, all right, you've made it. You know, you passed your training. You are now part of the coop team, you know. But even doing those little things like
0: starting with one uniform, like a T-shirt, right? That's your training T-shirt. And then giving them that cookie. Of getting the uniform, that's growth. Yeah, right. And they like, made that's, it. They made it. Right? They made the team. Yeah, and like I think Nick Cirillo, and um, what he's another thing that he does. That's he he has a different colored hat for every yep. tier that you for, for every like I can't remember, but it's kind of like a curriculum almost. Yeah. So once so you it's, level up, yeah, one hundred one, two hundred one, three hundred one. I think that's how he actually mm-hmm. talks about it too. And every time you get into that next tier, you get a new hat to kind of distinguish. Your credentials, it's, which is, I think, a good... Again, people want to be seen. Yeah. They oh, want yeah. to be recognized for what they've accomplished. So that's huge. Um, what are some of the other things you're going to do to, to really kind of pivot this this organization to be focused from... Well, it's still going to be focused on happiness, really, because at the end of the day, you're making your employees happy... For sure. ...by giving them opportunity and by growing them. What else are you going to do?
1: So uh, donations are something that restaurants constantly get asked from the community. You know, yeah. it's like we have on our desk every week, there's maybe four to five, you know donation requests of you know uh all all different baseball teams hospitals you know school districts ptas um and we love donating to our community you know i think all restaurants you know love giving back however i started thinking about like all these dollars that we're just kind of giving away to the community and i thought i'm like you know that money like could possibly go towards our team because you know like There's obviously struggles all over the world, right? You know, there's kids starving in Haiti. And so for some restaurants or businesses, they might donate money to Haiti, you know? And, hey, we put this fund together and there's kids, you know? And I think that's amazing. However, in our business, we have, our people are struggling inside our four walls, you know? They have personal struggles, financial struggles, you know, things that they want to do that they may not have the money for, So we're starting uh, kind of a fund, if you will, and we're going to start doing our donations. And we already have done this, but I want to make it like official where we are like putting money to the side and having like a donation thing for our team. So they can say like, hey, I'm moving out of my mom's house and I need a deposit for an apartment, you know, and they can like put in an application for that. And like, sure, here's $1,500 for your, you know, you want to move out and like move up in your life and you want to grow and, you know, move to that next level, we'll happily help you with that. Yeah. You know, um, school tuition, um, you know, we, we donated, uh, somebody, their grandpa passed away, unfortunately, uh, one of our crew and, uh, they'd only been working for us for three months at the time, but they had asked like, Hey, our family doesn't have enough money to pay for the funeral. Would you be able to do- help donate? And we did. We were like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, So I wanted to, you know, kind of build up this uh, opportunity so we can, you know, take our donation money and, like, put it back into our team. Help them kind of grow, you know. It's kind of that same concept, you know. We just want to help our crew, you know, move that. uh, Now, do
0: you see that being, like, just deciding who gets the money might run into some issues for you, like, or... Like, do you think there's a possibility where you might run into like people paying favorites or some people feeling if they didn't get anything? And, like,
1: I mean, I hate to to bring that into the conversation. You're 100% right. Yeah. But here's the thing there's nothing fair in life. Yeah. Nothing fair. I think somebody made the joke that the only thing that's fair in life is a thing you pay on a bus, you know? But, like, (laughs) so it's not fair, you know? Uh, It'll never be this even keeled thing. But, you know, we can try our best to. You know, be um, unbiased and yeah. try to, you know, take these. Um
0: I think it's a great idea. And, and yeah. I'd be interested to see how you guys execute that. Um, because, I I mean, I don't think I've ever. I mean, I've heard of people just giving back to their team. Like, oh, you need help with that. Like, it's kind of like a, it's essentially a donation. But, you know, they just never labeled it, you know. Yeah. Um, but when you said donations, I started thinking about other examples of people using donations to kind of stoke culture. In other organizations, have given the employee, like they'll they'll like once a month they'll they'll say, okay, Mr. Employee or Mrs. Employee, what's one cause that you're excited about, and we're gonna donate to that. Oh cause, yeah, which Absolutely. is like another thing you can do. So just feeding into those higher needs, you know, and yeah. like and just anything you can do to like help see your employee and help them feel like they're being seen whether it's something that's important to them that you're contributing to or whatever it might be absolutely so so far as far as the things we've covered as as what you're going to be doing to focus more on growing people uh that's going to be your your more, you know before tagline was delivering happiness now we're going to grow our people uh you're going to use tangible framing you're going to so people will see how they can grow within your organization mm-hmm. you're going to use language ritual and you're going to start giving back to your employees a, a new at a whole new level. What else are you going to
1: do? Yep. Wow. I thought that was enough. I that is say, a lot. I, mean, but I, just wanted, <laughs> I didn't want to cut you short. No, uh, I think it's really just like making a focus on our crew, you know, like, um, uh, somebody got into a car accident the other day. One of our, uh, our, our, our leaders, our store leaders, and, uh, they needed a thousand bucks to get their car. Um, it was the deposit for the insurance or whatever. Um, and we, we, happily helped out with that you know so i think like just um letting the team constantly know that we have your back on and off the field and that like we're here for you like if you need help like come to us you know like we want to help you
0: yeah you know so i think the only thing that's coming through my mind right now is like that's great conceptually right but to execute that what are you doing to make sure that you have the cash flow available do you have like a, a percentage of.
1: Oh, well, of we do profit? profit. We do profit first, oh, Eric. All right.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, everybody, in case people aren't familiar with Profit First, what is Profit First?
1: Profit First is essentially allocating your dollars to different buckets, um, if you will. So, we have an income account where all our money comes into the income account. And then we have, you know, right now, I think between all the businesses, we have. Uh, Maybe fifty bank accounts, okay, and oh, wow. so those are buckets, right, and every bucket has purpose uh, sales tax um, uh, tips, um, you know we have rent buckets, we have uh, all different things, so once the money comes into the income account, it gets allocated towards these buckets you know of money so that, are those percentages for you you know uh, how do we do it? We do it basically by actual dollars, like okay. I know like what our rent is. Every month, and so I know like halfway through the month, I need fifty percent of that to be in there, and then you know towards the end of the month, I need the whole thing in there, you know so I kind of know where the buckets need to be at it's and then- cash flow management cash flow management yeah. exactly, and so i'll be dedicating a bucket to you know our internal donation. To you. Yeah.
0: So it's just like it's the envelope system, but instead of using envelopes, you're using checking accounts. That's exactly And up. the idea is as money comes in, why they say profit first is because your business exists to give you
1: profit. To make profit. To make yep. profit. Yeah. It doesn't exist to pay bills. So, so That's for sure. <laughs> but before, like the,
0: the traditional way of doing business was you pay all of your expenses and whatever is left over is your profit what profit first Mike McCallowitz. uh should probably give him a, a tip you know a little nod what's up Mike Mike is the Woo-hoo. the I don't know if he invented this or if he just put the words to it the godfather I <laughs> think he is the,
1: yeah. the, the inventor Well, I mean, people
0: have been doing this for years I think he just had the idea of using the checking accounts and then oh sure um but anyway Mike McCallowitz, profit first it's a great book um you take profit first like 10% of everything that you earn go off the top is your profit yeah um, so you always make sure you're paying yourself and then after that, it's like, and I always say like cash flow and people determine your growth. But how do you know what your cash flow is, right? Yeah. So like, it's just a way to kind of have a, a, a your 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 eye on every penny that's coming into your business and allocating it, and also making sure you're paying yourself. Uh, but beyond that, you can you can do something where like you have profit, and maybe you choose profit five um, percent of your profit can go back to. Your employees. And they typically say profit is supposed to be for getting out of debt and investing in assets. Mm-hmm. But if
1: your people are not an asset, I don't know what it is. You <laughs> They're your understand? only asset. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, um, what's going through your minds as I'm saying that? I mean, you already know this stuff.
1: Well, yeah. And it's just, you know, you have to like make room for it. And I think you were saying, like, how do you know? Because cash flow changes every day, right? Every yeah. day, every week, every month, every year, you know, your cash flow is slightly different. It's either less or more, you know? Um, so, I think you have to constantly watch the numbers to pivot and I know you were just uh diving in a lot about um prime cost, and so we look at prime costs every single day you know we have it we have EODs which is end of day reports end of week reports end of month reports so we're constantly looking at like what is the percentage of labor we're paying what's the percentage of food costs we're at you know daily weekly but then that helps us pivot so say right now I lose half my business today right now we have to pivot very hard. You know, we have to schedule less people. We have to order less food. What
0: scenario do you lose half your business in a
1: day? <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> think of anything. But you know what I mean? So I think if you are staying on top of your numbers and you were very conscious about pivoting to make it work correctly. Um, you know, one of our mutual friends, I'm not going to say their name, but they uh, started out with their restaurant making $1.2 million a year, in their first year. Fantastic, right? Yeah. But then after... You know, the time went on, I think. Is that gross or net? Uh That is gross. Okay. But then, like, so then after the restaurant uh, kind of settled in, you know, the first year of them being like the new thing in town, you know, it went to like 900 grand a year yeah. or maybe something like that. But that's a big difference, right? That's $300,000 difference. But that business owner was able to pivot and shift the labor, shift the food cost, and was able to make a profitable business under that, under $900,000 a year, opposed to one point two. And so I think if you can, you can make the business make sense, no matter where your revenue is, you just have to be ready to do that. And then as long as you're doing that, there will be profit and they're a way to throw money in that donation bucket that you want to. Yeah.
0: I love it, man. Awesome stuff. Um, Earlier, I started talking about uh, people being insatiable, by the way, insatiable is a word. It means impossible to satisfy.
1: Oh, okay. you were right. <laughs> I'm just and,
0: not smart. And, no, you're great. <laughs> you have me <laughs> questioning myself. Though. So this idea that I think that it's important to kind of – what I love about this, this, this direction you're taking, making your purpose about growing people is that you, I feel like you'll never have enough of that. Oh yeah, you know when you make it about other people, and you can, you know that your legacy, your impact on this world has helped so many people. That shit never gets old. (laughs) Never gets old. You'll get dopamine up the wazoo, man. Like it's it's never gonna get old. It's gonna feel good. You're gonna help people, Um, and I think that's one of the few things in life that um, isn't insatiable about us like we we can ne- like well maybe that is that still be insatiable but that's a good thing yeah we want it we want that to be that will make us feel happier but the thing is with money it's like crack you know you get five thousand dollars a month you're like, oh, man, this is great. I'm making 60000 a year. like I could, I, I, I'm secure, right? Yeah. And then that gets old because you live outside your means. And then you get to 70000 Then you get to 80000 And you never get enough because you're constantly evolving your quality of life to get all these things, to get that cookie, to get that release of dopamine. And then it's just over. Yeah. Yep. You know? Um, and you'll never have enough. But if you take that same mentality and you apply it to like getting more people into your life or making the people better like that shit is gold.
1: Oh, it's and here's the the other catch 22 that I realized is as we grow our co- company, you know, we're adding new people. And then yeah. now we have to grow the the, you know, the pie even bigger because now we need to support those additional people. Yeah. And as the, as the company gets bigger, the pie needs to get bigger because you need to you have more people now that you have to take care of. Yeah. So I feel like uh it's kind of this, you know, there I, if you want to open a company that's going to last for a hundred years, I feel like sending it around growing your people is the only way because that, you know, as you keep growing, you have, you have more and more people to, to care for and that you're responsible for. So it's, uh, I love the idea we'll never get to the top of the mountain. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll never get there. Yeah. I'll always be working towards I it. I think
0: this is a good spot to take. Did we already break twice? This we've No, just twice. once. Okay. Yeah.
1: This is our second break to
0: thank our sponsors. <laughs> we'll be right back to unpackage even more. Who wants to be more efficient and cleaner? everyone. So streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab sink and surface cleaner sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact service sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds, and norovirus, the flu, and common cold viruses in 30 seconds, helping you reduce risk, simplify your procedures, and help protect your team, your guest, and your reputation with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Visit Ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. you're already using like toast to make smart operating decisions and turn labor management into a competitive advantage for your business. Restaurant Unstoppable members get three months absolutely free. Get started at ww.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free we're back and we were just getting into this idea of just uh, the idea of people growing people um, that being kind of like the keystone to business. And honestly, I think it's a keystone to humanity, you know, just in general, the future. So I'm reading this book right now. I think, I think this is where worthy, the conversation is going to go for just Joe and I bro out and yeah, talking hit about me. like, so have you heard of the book abundance?
1: Nope. So uh, tell us what,
0: what is this so book about? So it's just the idea. It's a, it's about abundance. Uh, and,
1: I can never remember authors' names. Like having like abundance of you know anything like. Uh so the, the concept of abundance
0: is just um, it's a, the abundance mentality, which is there's a more than enough for all of us. So we by by nature are very like protective. We store our nuts away so nobody knows where they are. We 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 hoard. You know, like uh-huh. this is mine. Because by nature we evolved to come up in some pretty rough shit you know we had to be that way it was built into us Uh, but the truth is that the world is very abundant and there's more than enough for all of us Mm -hmm. and if you embrace that mentality of abundance um then it's kind of like a paradigm shift because then you start the more and the idea is the more you give the more you get yeah right and this is kind of that mentality i feel when i think of Making your your business about serving your people, about giving to your people, about growing your people—that's gonna come back around. And that's the other thing about when you make it about growing the people, the money follows, right? Like that mentality of abundance—it just kind of happens, right? Because you're taking care. This is a people business. You take sure. care of people; they're gonna bring more people in. That means more money, right? Yeah. So, what, what's going through your minds as, as I share, share that?
1: Well, you know, the whole money conversation, and we've talked about this. You know that you know we look at money like almost like blood right yeah. your purpose in life is not about blood right like your whole thing you don't walk around and be like oh my gosh blood i'm running out of blood but if yeah. i cut your vein right now and drained you of all the blood you would die yeah. right <laughs> so it's pretty essential but it's not something that you focus on right and so i feel like the whole money part is something obviously we have to have it you got to be profitable yeah. it's not it's it's a it's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. Yeah, it should be a core value, I think. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's not. It's not the purpose of yeah. you know when when you're growing. You know, so I feel like um, you know, there's so much more uh to 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 give people that that is like a purpose. Yeah. Um. Besides, like the whole money money system. You well, know, yeah. I, mean,
0: I I guess where I'm going with this whole abundance thing, like thinking of like we thinking about the future, right? And I would love to encor- encourage more people to have this mindset that you have. And the reason why I'm bringing up this book abundance is because there's a lot of evidence that shows that the future is really bright. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely. And it's this idea that like we, and when you think of abundance, if you look at like the world we live in um, information is traveling faster than ever before. Are you familiar with Moore's law? No. So Moore's law is basically based off this idea and it was this guy, I, I forget his first name, Mr. Moore. Uh, was working on computer like circuit breakers or something. I can't remember. I'm not a techie dude, but it, something about the, the technology was like doubling. Like the, oh, the yes. speed or like the, the the amount of RAM or whatever was doubling mm-hmm. like every two years. But it wasn't actually doubling. It was more like it was more exponential. But it was happening at such a small rate before that it wasn't really noticeable. But we're 30 years into this now. Technology or so, 30 years or so into it. Now that it's compounding much faster. So things that we think are like a hundred years away are really only like ten or fifteen years away. Sure, um, that are going to have huge, drastic impacts like on robots, society, robots, AI, <laughs> yeah, all these things. Um, but the idea is like the world is very abundant and there's more than enough for everyone. Um, so if we start making it about growing our people. Like, I think that's kind of like the keystone to like this mentality of abundance. It's it's all about paying it forward. It's all about making it a, about everybody because there's enough for everyone.
1: Yeah, there definitely is enough for everybody. I mean, and also like, you know, we're on Chicago Avenue. We're hoping that restaurants open all up and down Chicago Avenue here. Like, I want you know, we're hoping this becomes the next Restaurant Row because um, I think all ships rise with the tide. There's plenty enough for this whole block to be restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. And I want that, you know, maybe it'll take some of our business away, but I think in the long run, it's going to boost our business up because we're all going to kind of become this like food destination spot. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen in our industry for what we're describing to happen? You know, I think, uh, people need to realize that you can't just take advantage of people and kind of have this like, I'm going to pay minimum wage kind of thing and not care about the people that are on the front lines like actually hustling and working really hard to make your business successful. I think they need to have this shift in their mind that like, you know, it's almost like the servant leadership. Like how can I serve my people to make their lives better than just take advantage, you know, because I think like greed, you know, back in the day, you know, was like almost promoted, you know, like our parents age group. Was like, yeah it was yeah. like greed was a good thing, yeah, um and uh, I think that's kind of changing now, and I for hope sure. and I hope it does where people start really like, hey, I need to care for my people and they we need to pay them more, we need to make sure that they're making a living wage, that we're not just you know out here just to make profit and you know go sit on some boat somewhere yeah you know? yeah
0: um but i mean the the cool thing that they get into this this book um is this idea that one of the issues in the past in the, in the workforce has been people. We've looked at people as cogs and wheels. Like your job is to do the thing, mm-hmm. and that's all your job is. Just do this thing. That's it. And we're limiting ourselves. And also, humans are being made to do these things that t- kind of take up bandwidth because you're you're working. You know, your your te- your brain's telling your hands to do stuff. You got to be focused on things, and that that's energy lost. So much of our human potential energy is going into doing jobs. You know, the thing being cogs and wheels and that energy is being lost and that energy could be going to solving problems. The thing that's really unique about humans is that we can create. We we just we can solve problems. We're we're creators. That's what we are. But when we're focused on doing the thing, our creative mind is shut down. So it's just this idea that like if we I think technology is a big part of what you're trying to like the the future too is embracing technology, not being afraid of it. Oh, sure, uh, but embracing it and seeing it as hey, if I don't have to pay a person to do this, you know that that frees up time to focus on more important things like creative, like finding more creative solutions or freeing up that human potential to solve problems. So, what, as
1: I'm saying this, like, are you thinking of examples in your business? Well, I was thinking of like how we talked, like, you know, you were saying like the, you know, the cog in the wheel or whatever yeah. and the person just doing the thing. I mean, our message is really like you need to do this thing and mm-hmm. master it so then you can level up and teach someone how to do it. Yep. And then like, you know, kind of like making it to where it's like, you know, changing the story where it's like you need to be so good at your job that you can share that with other people and then keep bringing yourself up yeah kind of thing instead of um but but I, I hear what you're saying about like uh abundance like you know there is enough for everybody and you can you can make these win-win scenarios for people in the business um opposed to trying to be you yeah know, take more than you receive i think
0: another paradigm shift too is like when when you're thinking about like you mentioned earlier that you'd love to be able to hire people and be like hey someday like you could own your own fry the coop, right um and some people think to themselves i would never give them equity in my business but sometimes I've noticed the people that have the mentality that it's not 50% that I'm giving up. It's 50% that I would never otherwise get because I can't be there. Sure. Because I can't manage that store. So think of it as 50% you're gaining. Yeah. You know, because you can't do it alone. Um, And I think that's one of the things I picked up on. And I love that. Maybe not 50, 50, maybe 49 and 51% model of just being like, Hey, like I will give you half of the store, but guess what? You own it. And I, I'm not worried about it because you came up through my organization. You, you're you a part of our culture. Like you are an extension of us. You know it. Yeah. Exactly.
1: 100%. What, what, what's that make you think? Well, um, the, uh, I forget his name, Schultz, the guy from Starbucks, the. Uh, Howard Schultz. S- Howard Schultz. Yep. Thank you. So he had, a- somebody asked him, like, if you can go back, what was some advice you would give to yourself, your younger self, like 30 years ago? And he said. Success is best when it's shared. Yes. High is better when it's shared. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like that, I think is so spot on, you know, and I, uh, when I lived in California, uh, we had a really nice place um, and I was off of work for a little while and I would go down to the hot tub by myself. Here I am in California, palm trees, you know, covering my head. It's noon. I'm like a Tuesday and I'm like sitting in this hot tub by myself. However, I was like bored out of my mind borderline depressed but like here i am like just yeah enjoying this i deal with this all the time tub. yeah but yeah. you're like you're like alone you know and it's like i would love to share this moment with someone else yeah and that's a stupid example but like you know when you like you know if you made it right you get this huge mansion on top of the mountain but you have no family or friends like there's no you know that's like a terrible scenario you know you want to share that success with the people that you love. Yeah. You know, and I feel like, uh, uh again, going back to happiness, you know, if you want to be happy, share your success.
0: Yeah, um, man, I love that. That's, that's beautiful. And, um, what's the, f- I mean, I kind of want to geek out a little bit about the future. Yeah. Um, so Joe and I are more than just, you know, host and co-host or whatever. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> we've been talking. We talk regularly. We, we pick up the phone. We call each other. We talk regularly. Yep. And um, I share a lot of my visions with Joe as, as far as like what I want to do with Restaurant Unstoppable. Um, and I feel like we're so aligned right now, you know, <laughs> as far as like the the, like the, the purpose of Restaurant Unstoppable is to to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. But when I say transform, I, I, I say like kind of like what, we, what you're trying to do with your employees. You're trying to transform your employees. You're trying to give them opportunity by giving them skills, knowledge, a a path for growth. I feel like that's kind of like what Restaurant Unstoppable is trying to do. But my employees are restaurant owners saying like, look at like this is like your job as a restaurateur is to give your people that picture, that vision. My job as a podcast host is to say, hey, like this is our industry. This is where our industry could be you know if we shared knowledge yeah if we came together if we were colleagues instead of competitors you know and if we supported each other um and like what would that look like how 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 much more secure would our industry look like if we were supportive and we had this abundance mentality right
1: well, can I tell you that you did that for me because I found Restaurant Unstoppable when you were on maybe episode forty or oh, something. No. It was very early on. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you. St- those are some rough interviews. There man. was no, <laughs> there was no restaurant podcast at yeah. the time, like zero. So you had to settle. With you it. were the That's only one, <laughs> and uh, I, I was just searching for you know knowledge yeah. on something that I had no no idea really about, and I you know my idea was just literally wasn't even barely on paper yet and uh you did that you through your you know mentors that you've interviewed have become my mentors that i've listened to episodes over and over and over again helped give me the knowledge to where now i have this mindset from you know the work that you've done and you've shared and uh yeah that went from me you know writing a business plan during that you know all the way to now having uh we have 175 employees currently which is crazy right and uh we're um, doing a million dollars a month in sales That's amazing, now, dude. so we have a twelve million dollar business currently. That's crazy. you know from going two, but the work that you've done, you know, the mentors that you've brought to the table and cracked their brains open and shared have helped you know us get to where we're yeah. at today. I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: pivot this conversation and put it on me. Uh, what would you do if you were me and you were in my position? You well, have this podcast, Eric? You got to write a book. I know you've been telling me forever I need to write a book. I just have (laughs) no desire to write a book. It's weird. I'm stuck in this place right now where I want to exist in this world as Eric Cacciatore, and that's it. Meaning (laughs) the shit that I want to do and how I want to do it, you know, like, and how I'm trying to to figure out how I can coexist with this podcast and and exist in this world, be profitable in the way I want to exist, you know, which means sure. uh, I think there is an opportunity to write a book. I just I have no idea what it would be. I think I just need to sit down and start writing and see what happens. You were a page right. a day for the next two years. I know you're right. I you'd should have a book start doing it. Um, <laughs> but what, I mean, if you're in this position that, and you could have access to people like I have access to people, what would you do? If you want, if you're going to, if you're a mean, you're opening a restaurant tomorrow, what would you do?
1: Well, I mean, you have so much knowledge. I think, you know, the book, but I think you should also open up your own restaurant because now you've, you know it all. You would I get rid of to- the podcast? No, I think still do the podcast. I want to do the
0: podcast and open a restaurant.
1: <laughs> it is very possible. You could do both at the same time. You I, may- I agree,
0: but the question is, how does how do I do that and not hate my life after? Yeah, and that's the question I'm dealing with. Like, do I? What do I have to prove? Is what I'm asking myself. You know, and at the same time, I feel like my I think there's a lot of opportunity for me to have an abundance mentality and to go to people like you and be like, how are you doing this, and or even like find people that I mean I'm not pitching you Joe but like yeah. you are absolutely on this list of people I would do business with and like like partner with people and this oh, document sure. what they're doing you know and being a part of the business but also like providing access to my network of people like I could pull in experts you know coaches other restaurateurs mm-hmm. I think that would be a huge asset to a restaurant tour
1: Oh yeah absolutely well everybody you know? needs a coach I don't yeah. ha- I don't have one currently but our our director of operations He has a coach now, which has been a game changer for him. Yeah. I think it's been almost a year now. Um, But, I mean, I think, yeah, setting people up with coaches, you know, having that kind of like uh, as a little part of it. Um, Your mastermind group was a game changer for me. You know, Shout out to Colton, who's my boy for life, you know, who I met. Tanya Sanchez.
0: Who else was Tanya. Um,
1: It was you, Colton, Tanya. Was there three people? Oh, Sandy. Sandy, yep. Up in uh, Door County, Wisconsin. Yes, she's still crushing it up there.
0: Is she? I need to. I need to go visit her. She's the only one that I haven't. You're, you're. I'm chipping away. It was first <laughs> Colton, or no? First it was Colton, then Tanya, then you. Yep. No, Sandy, you're on the list. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry, distractions. No, that's all right. So the future is bright, though. Yeah, and, uh, I guess
0: what I'm going with this is like I, I. I feel like proposition me. You know, not you, but anybody listening to this, proposition me because I'm at the point now where i i do want to open a restaurant i know i can't do it by myself uh, but i also need to put it into the the universe this is something that i want to do and i don't think i'm going to be traditional about it yeah you know like i think that i'm gonna that's one thing i've noticed is that we are so broken this industry does stupid shit because that's just (laughs) the way we're taught to do it you know like there's so many different ways you can make money whether it be a membership or you know there's just Events or whatever it might be, you know, but we just think of like, oh, no, we just charge, you know, per transaction or like whatever. Sure. I don't know.
1: Nothing ever happens without partners, by the way. So there's a very rare scenario where it's like one person just like goes and opens up a business. You know, usually there's a partner involved. Some VC companies uh, or equity companies won't even invest in a single owner company because they want to see the partnerships. So, I think, uh, you know, and then some um, restaurateurs, you know, put together hundreds of investors to get, you know, in on their concept. I think uh, Tim McHenry uh, from uh, Cooper's Hawk, he had 49 investors. That's crazy. You know, 49 people that he got, I think
0: Thomas Kelly Kelly has a crazy story like that, too, where he just pitched it over and over and over again. He got, like, pennies and dollars from, like hundreds of people are Oh, I'll give stupid. you 5 grand, I'll give you 10 grand, yeah, exactly. you know, and you just put it together. But the, 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 I think that's part of what's broken. There's like that that's what people think like I need to have a brick and mortar to have a restaurant or to have a, a food and beverage business. And you don't. Sure, no, you don't. Like you can start super small, have complete control over it and like this is going back 20 or 30 years some of these people that were making examples of. But like today, like with technology, like you can have a storefront be your website. And, Absolutely, and you yeah. can cook from a commissary, you know? Like the, the barrier to entry is so low. And you can you can even start with just doing meal prep for like five clients that pay you, you know,
1: a hundred dollars a week. Oh, totally. You know? And I have a great story about this. So when I was in California, I was trying to raise money for a concept called Meatball Republic. Yeah, I know. As you know. Uh so I was trying to raise five hundred thousand dollars. But here's this kid who like Never worked. Never owned a restaurant. You know, never owned any business. Trying to pitch people. Trying to come up with this big, you know, grand restaurant or whatever. The full bar. You know, big, big to do. Right. Meanwhile, a friend of mine opens up a little pizza place uh, for like next to nothing, and I had found out about it after he opened because he opened yeah. so quickly. Yeah, it was like I'm talking like three weeks or like four weeks. He he, like from the time he was like, oh yeah, I'll sign this lease, and like four weeks later he was open. Yeah, and I go. Where'd you get the money for this? He goes, oh, well, he just, you know, he signed the lease for me or nothing. And then I found a used pizza oven for like two grand. I went and picked it up. We threw it in my truck and got it in there. <laughs> and then like, here's me trying to like do this whole big grand thing. And meanwhile, my friend just like, you know, within weeks for, you know, under $10,000. you started think, small too. Portion. You were doing um, well, fry the the markets coop. and fry stuff. Fry the Coop did. Oh yeah, I was doing it you know, where I was doing the pop-up stand. Yeah. But still, I mean, my point is though, like to piggyback on it is like, I should have scrapped the whole, I need half a million dollars thing and just, Hey, Sorry. I just need to find a little space. What do I have? And I can just, yeah. What do I have? Yeah. What I do got, I have? Yeah. Can I scrape together five grand and, and I go think buy a what we fryer? all have is a
0: story. And I think people forget that. So like you have a story, start telling it, uh, start telling people, start sharing your vision. Yeah. So uh, we mentioned vision a couple of times today. Vision, uh, we, we talked about tangible framing within your business for growth. Uh, we talked about profit first. I did a workshop with Arya Weinswag from Zingerman's on a vision. Oh, yeah. uh, if you guys have not caught that yet, uh, make sure you, you,
1: can you find that on the podcast? I'm pretty sure. So website? I haven't
0: decided if I want to take the workshops off of the main thread yet. It's a little weird with sponsors, mm. you know, oh, sure. Um, but I mean, the selfishly. video, everything's like it's it's much nicer. It's much it's much nicer in the network. And the other variable about being in the network is when we record those things, you get to join us live. Uh, so we did a whole workshop on visioning with Ari Wineswag, who I think explains it the best.
1: Oh, he is the best. Yeah, so Literally.
0: check out that episode if you're listening to this. Check out the episode I did with Nick Cirillo on tangible framing within your in, within your your business, to, so your people can see that there's growth. When was that? That was um, maybe three or four months ago.
1: Oh, okay, it was recent.
0: Great. Yeah, um, Rudy Mick is the guy to talk to. He's the one that taught love Rudy Mick. Mick. how to do that. And Rudy yep. Mick's in the network. He's very active in the network. I'm pitching the fuck out of myself right now. <laughs> uh, and Profit First is a course I did with Casey Anton, who's a Profit First professional. Yep. Um, who? So if you guys are interested, I think it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, Worth a, it. It's a step by. You will make your money back. Well, you really? will make your, you will, it will change your life. <laughs> I have, I have like $50,000 put away in allocated accounts right now, but I have zero stress. That's amazing. You know, because it's just, I'm, I'm not bragging, I'm, but like, it's just like these, like, that's, that's taxes, you know? Oh, like, sure, yeah. <laughs> people, like, you know, like, that's not my money. That's just tax Maybe it's like, maybe it was 50,000 that right now you know what i'm saying but this but is yeah, the I idea that point, like, yeah. we just lose track of money and then it's tax time you're like oh shit <laughs> you know it's just like like and, and like profit and like i'm i'm paying off debt that, that i've never been able to do before it's it's so powerful when you have control when you know where your money is and you pay yourself first which is the other variable so uh visioning tangible growth profit first all that stuff is in the network if you want to learn how to do it um head over to
1: restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com. uh be a part of the conversation um And even having, you know, I'm a part of the network and even having a sound board to go to of other restaurant owners, business folks that, you know, you can ask questions to and throw it out there and you get tons of responses from a bunch of people who chime in. Oh, this is what I do. This is what I did.
0: And it's a little different from like social media in the sense like it is essentially social media, but the people that are in the network are past guests. And people who are paying to be there, sure, which means the quality of the conversation is much better. You see a lot of these jabronis on the Facebook groups, just like posting stupid shit. Oh yeah, political stuff. Like we're here to learn and grow and to help each other out. Yeah, when you got skin in the game, you know it's a little more serious. So I didn't mean this to become a a giant ad for the network, (laughs) but I I just wanted to point out. We talked about a lot of stuff today that we address within the network. Uh, So do come hang out in the network. Um, That's my my focus right now. Um, Joe, we got to wrap it up. I have to be back in my Airbnb in 30 minutes. And I got a 15 minute drive. Yeah, no uh, problem. And I still got to break down. But um, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. You called out last time uh, the Boca. Uh, I'm so afraid to say his name, dude. <laughs> Kevin
1: <laughs> Bohm. Bohm? Bohem? I got to figure that out before tomorrow. <laughs> I have tomorrow. no idea. <laughs>
0: He was a past guest on the show. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right. a
1: great guy. Uh, I don't know him personally. I just, but I listened to him out
0: and we're connecting tomorrow, That's man. That's fantastic. So that, we're going to make that happen for you. He's up to like 30 locations now, I think. Yeah. And yeah.
1: He, him and his partner won restaurant tour um, of the year a couple of years Beard? ago. Yeah. Maybe it was the James Beard restaurant tour, but just fantastic guys. When that first episode, you interviewed him in like 2012. Oh, yeah. 2013. I have to listen to that tonight. It was a long time ago. It's going to
0: be painful for me. I listened to to
1: that episode like five times because I was blown away by like his mindset. I was like, wow, this guy gets it. Yeah. So we're
0: going to be following up tomorrow. That's great. Uh, So that was the first dude you called out. Who else do you think I should should connect with? Maybe not this trip, but you you're pretty plugged into the industry. Who do you respect and admire, and wish I'd get on the show?
1: Well, I'm going to give you our director of operations. His name is Francisco Morales. Okay. He has been in the in it. Uh, I think for maybe 12 years now. He's okay. a young guy. Um, and he, he's, he has his coach, his mentor coach that he uh, meets with every month. But he is like a Jedi master when it comes to operations. Okay. And then, you know, people too. I mean, he is helping grow our people. And so he is working on leadership really intently with our crew, um, with our store leaders. I mean, he sits down with them. They go over leadership stuff once a month. I mean, he's just next level when it comes to um, growing people, uh, focusing on leadership and operations. Uh, I think he will give a lot of value. Awesome. Uh,
0: name, drop that name on us one more time. Francisco Morales. Francisco, look out. I'm coming after you. Uh, probably the next trip back out to Chicago, we're going to connect if you're willing. Uh, and Joe, how can we connect if we want to talk to you? Uh, we have follow-up questions. Maybe we want to come work for you.
1: Oh, yeah. Fry the Coop at Fry the Coop everywhere. You know, Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, Joe
0: Restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com. Yep.
1: <laughs> Joe <laughs> at Fry the Coop.com. You can email me. Always happy to talk shop. You know, any questions anyone has, always willing to help. Beautiful. Thank you so much. There is no questioning, my
0: man. You are unstoppable. Yeah, cheers. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Joey Fontana, my man, you're a great dude. Thank you so much for being a great guest uh, a good friend and honestly uh, an amazing host while i've been in chicago you've shown me a really great time uh and i just can't say thank you and if you guys are ever in chicago make sure you go check out fry the coop and even better meet up with joe um smart guy big heart he's going places keep an eye on him um and man, a lot of cool things came out of today's conversation. I love Joe's constant evolution. He started with delivering happiness and he's pivoting and kind of getting more focused with his brand on it. Understanding that it's all about developing other people. And that's one of the biggest takeaways takeaways I've learned on the show. And I think that I know Joe is listening constantly and I hope that, you know, this is also influencing you guys. It's influenced him that these this mentality of people realizing that it's not about them, that it's about everybody else they touch. And this is what I mean by transforming the industry, creating an industry that believes that the future is all about their people and investing in their people and creating opportunity for others. And there are ways to do this well. I highly recommend you guys check out, A Piece of the Pie by Nick Cirillo. Uh, I actually had Nick on the show not too long ago to do a workshop. We hosted it live in the network on exactly this topic of creating tangible framing in your business for growth, meaning when people join your team, you can immediately on day one say... Here's where you can go in this business and here's the path that you can take. It's laid out for you. And people can literally control their growth and their destiny within your organization. People need to see an opportunity for growth. It's a part of our human needs. So you got to build those those that framing into your business and we can teach you how to do that. Uh, reach out to me Eric at restaurantstoppable.com if you're interested in more or Join restaurant unstoppable network in Google search or not Google search, but network search Nick Cirillo and that workshop will pop up and thank you in advance. If you join the network, uh, we're really trying to create something special over there and your support goes such a long way. There's actually an option that you can get five accounts for saving a $500 a year. So if you want to join the network and you want your partner to join the network, your GM to join the network, your AGM to join the network and you want your team to to come in on this with you. So you guys can learn together. That's an option. I'll just head over to restaurant unstoppable network.com and there will be a group option that you guys can invest in. And thank you. You have no idea how much your support support your support is. So I can't say it, it, it. I'm so grateful for your support. It's hard for me to express the gratitude I have. But I think that's it for today, guys. Thank you all for sticking around this long.
1: Until next time, peace out.